Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And with me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the President and CEO of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. Hi, Bill. Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to you, Bobby. Great to see you. Yeah, happy 2024. I can't believe it's a new year. Yeah, it is hard to believe that it's already 2024. And it's also just hard because you and I have been doing these podcasts for a few years now. You know, it really started with the pandemic and when it started this time of year, it's hard to believe that it's already four years ago, really, that we were going into 2020. It just doesn't seem possible. It, it all started with COVID, didn't it? And we were looking yep. for ways to better communicate with our own groups internally and also externally. Well, it's probably a great topic to start with then because now we here we are in January and we are seeing respiratory viruses go up, specifically COVID and then to a little bit a lesser extent influenza as well. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, I've noticed uh, keeping an eye on the same thing. Looking back through the retrospectogram, you, we didn't really know how this was all going to end. I suppose this is, you know, in terms of the pandemic and a lot of discussion about what would transpire over time. And I think it's probably what most people that in your field would predict. And that is that it's, we've now, it's become more of an endemic problem and it's now yes. becoming a seasonal illness. Unfortunately, later on top of other seasonal illnesses like H1N1, which I think a lot of the influenza cases are, which I think, of course, is believed to have been the cause of the 1918 influenza pandemic. So yeah, the numbers are a little bit concerning, I think. They are. So I did actually, to your point, Bill, just recently had someone ask me, are we going to need vaccines for COVID now forever? And I said, well, I don't know about forever, but yes, I think this is now going to be a routine respiratory virus that we see in the same time period as influenza. Thankfully, we have tests and vaccines for all of these now, but we have to use them. And in looking at the numbers, we are seeing upward trends. I did just pull the more recent numbers. They're from the last week in December, which is what the CDC had. And our test positivity rate is up by about a percent. The emergency department visits are up by 12% from the previous week. Hospitalizations are up 16.7%. Deaths are up 10%. And this is all due to COVID-19. We also have an overall increase in outpatient respiratory illnesses, which is a mix of different viruses. So it's time to start thinking about wearing masks and making sure you're up to date on all your vaccines. Yeah, that's right. I was looking at the numbers too. And, mm -hmm. and, and interestingly, if you look just for respiratory viruses as a whole, there's many states that are in the red, if you will, in terms of the number of positive cases and ER visits. And that is combined influenza and COVID. It seems to be the two culprits right now. There is, of course, concern that vaccination rates themselves are actually down compared to yeah. previous years. And, and so it's still not too late to get vaccinated. It turns out the, the flu vaccine this year is did target the right strain. So for to remember that. And the other thing is, really to think about some of the best practices as we talked about back in the pandemic. What would this look like going forward? And 
There are some hospitals that are reinstituting masking. A lot of that's because, again, we need to keep healthcare workers from getting ill as well as patients. So yeah, keep those things in mind, particularly coming out of the holidays when people have been traveling, just to be mindful. Thankfully, we're not in the pandemic anymore. And thankfully, we're not in a situation where the hospitals don't have availability of beds and things. That, that's not happened. But but the flip side is these still significant illnesses that are best to be avoided. And just think of some of the things that we talked about during the pandemic. If you're feeling ill, stay home. There's a lot more options now for remote work than there used to be pre-pandemic. I mean, it's just become part of our work lives and uh, get tested to find out what you have. There are drugs like Paxlovid if you are high risk of having severe COVID and also antivirals for influenza. I know people are burned down on it. I think that's part of why the vaccine rates have dropped a bit. But the reality is that there are still issues and vaccination is still a very important part of protecting public health. Yes, we definitely have more tools in our toolbox now. And I think something we can all do as leaders in the healthcare world and in the laboratory profession is just to encourage our colleagues to wear a mask if they're not feeling well. You know, there's no shame in staying home or working remotely. Get rid of that old philosophy that you have to just tough it up and come in, even Mm -hmm. if you're sick. Because first of all, no one else wants to get sick from you. And, and you know, you're not helping yourself. You're not helping patients. And so if I'm not feeling well, I would probably take my calls from home or I would wear a mask. We have more options now than we did before. And it's perfectly acceptable. And I think we need to set that culture that it's okay to be sick and take time for yourself. And if you feel well enough to work, there are options so that you don't put others at risk. Yep. No, I agree 100%. Now, and I see somewhere wearing a mask, like at an airport or something, I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. It's because it's like, and even if they're not sick, just because I said so there have been times in really crowded flights. Now, flights, they've done a lot in the airline industry, also in terms of airflow and sanitation and all of those things. It's called flu season for a reason. Be mindful of that. The other thing when you talk about leadership that that brings to mind is something that We've talked a lot about things happening in Washington, D.C., but one of the things that we haven't talked about is the Pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act, which probably pre-COVID is something I wasn't aware of, so I doubt very many people were, but it's actually a congressional act that enabled a lot of things that we saw in the early days of COVID in terms of the CDC reaching out to private hospitals and places like Mayo Clinic to do testing and and the, the ability for the government to ask industries to go and make more masks and things like this. A lot of those are not, they're not normal authorities of government agencies. And so you need actually a congressional act to be able to do those things. And yet that act, it's time limited and it needs to be renewed essentially by Congress and, and still has not. Mm as leaders need to advocate for that because of those important caveats. Yeah, yeah, it's reauthorization. That is the word I was struggling to find. It is important as leaders, right? Because look, pandemic was tough on all of us, right? And it's not like something we enjoy thinking about or thinking about going through again, lean on your expertise here. But I mean, unfortunately, I don't think COVID is the last time we're going to be dealing with a global outbreak of a respiratory illness, even if it leaves pandemic level or not. So we need to be prepared and we need leaders in healthcare to stand up and say, look, we need to have these abilities to protect the public health as much as we would like to not have to use them. If they're not available, it's going to be a lot worse. I think we really need to think of that. And planning ahead is not always good for, I guess, people that have a lot of things on their minds. And so that's why we really need to advocate for all of us that 
we need to think about how we're going to address the next pandemic, the next epidemic, or the next just emerging pathogen. And we need to think about that for our own labs and I'll have a pandemic preparedness plan, but we need to think about what we could do as a nation together. Exactly. And in our healthcare systems too, making sure that some of the things that we just like we talked about masking and some of those things that, that we need to keep in mind. We also, in, in our health organizations, I know that, you know, the laboratory was kind of called front to help to make sure that just in my time as department chair, not to mention where you spent and now as department chair, I could think of Zika virus, Ebola virus, and COVID, all things that we had to have plans as an institution about how we were going to deal with those things, right? And so yeah. I think to stay engaged, it's it's difficult now because there's so many other things that we want to think about. But I think to stay engaged as the voice of the laboratory in discussions within your organization and then in policymakers as well to say, what are the things that we need to think about? to make sure the labs are there to support whatever the healthcare need is. And then infectious diseases is a huge one and the one that we're going to continue to have to grapple with. Absolutely. I remember my first full year as a lab director. Actually, I guess it was one year after that, 2009. What happened in 2009? H1N1. And I yeah. remember on the phone, being on the phone every day because we didn't have Zoom or WebEx. So we were all sitting in a little conference room, listening around one phone line as our state health department talked about how many tests they were able to perform that day. And, and a lot of things have changed. We've learned a lot since then. Now we've gone up to the point where we're sharing tests at our public health. We were able to have the MPOX test. There's still a long ways to go though. Having a test that's deliver, delivered by a single entity versus having ready commercially available tests that are available at the start of a pandemic. How do we improve that? And there's a lot of things in the pandemic and All Hazards Preparedness Act that will allow us to continue with our preparation journey that will be complementary to what we're all doing in our own labs as well. Yeah, very, very well said. The most important thing is that we need to take lessons from our experience of COVID. One of the lessons we learned was that people like information, getting access to information. That's why we keep doing this. Plus, we enjoy it. At least I do. I'm pretty sure you do too. But also it is really important to get information out there. I mean, knowledge is key, right? And so I appreciate you continuing to do these podcasts with me because I, I I think they're important for us to do. Absolutely. Well, Bill, with that, it's been a great week again talking to you. And we'll just keep everyone informed as we go forward into the respiratory season, the flu season, COVID season, but then also all the things that we're going to start hearing about soon in Washington, D.C. Yep. And the other thing is, you know, that next week I'll be traveling. I know you're traveling a lot coming up, mm-hmm. too. I'll be interested to hear about that. But next week I'll be in San Francisco for a conference that I actually didn't know existed until my couple years into being in the chair role. And that's the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference in San Francisco, which turns out is one of the major global healthcare conferences, not in a traditional academic sense, but it's a lot where investors are coming together with with biotech and pharma and others. And often you get a good read there. A lot of the, the drivers in healthcare innovation actually are discussed and talked about there. So maybe that's something we could talk about when I get back to, because that is one thing Absolutely. that's fact after the pandemic is lots of people will be there. That's for sure. I'll hold you to it. We'll talk about what's new. Sounds awesome. great. Well, thanks, Bill. Have a great week. Good to be back at 24. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.